his series that he's been on is talking about as Christ followers have how we have been transformed and that the power of God that's inside us is more than meets the eye that we have the ability to do amazing things in Christ Jesus and carry healing and power to this world that needs it desperately and the the verse that he's been talking about is in Matthew 10 verse 8 and this is kind of the last verse that he ended on This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And Jesus says, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. So freely you have received, so freely give. And, you know, we've been talking about how we have been given the power and authority of God in our life. And we can go out and do the same things that Jesus did as we are disciples of Christ. That we have the ability, the power to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out evil spirits, to cleanse the leper. That God has placed that in our life. And we, we have the ability to carry that to others. And it's been awesome to see that. And, and I, see, I read this verse and I see, so freely you have received, so freely give. And it reminds me uh, of, of my son, Carter. And how many of you guys, does anybody have little children in their, in their house or, or in your lives? Now, I know that, that uh, Carter is my, my oldest son. He's seven. I, my daughter, uh, Reese, is two. And uh, she's at home sick with my wife today. Again, uh, sickness has just been going crazy around the house. But um, we, we get, we get presents for like Christmas and birthday parties. Do you guys do that too? Right? We're not, is it, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that don't celebrate that stuff? I don't know. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses, are we? Okay. Okay. We're good. Okay. Just joking. <laughs> but, you know, we get presents for, for Christmas and for birthdays and all those different things. And I remember this Christmas that, uh, we got a lot of presents, Carter got a lot of presents. Reese got a lot of presents. I remember that, you know, that uh, grandma goes to the tree and she, you know, huge, I mean, presents aren't even around the tree. They're all over here. And they're like, you know, just pass them all out. And they keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. And we go behind. There's behind the tree. They're piled up behind the tree. And they just keep coming. And I mean, every grandchild has like a pile of like 50 presents. And Tony, I'm sitting over here on the couch, you know, and I just, I got my two you know, I'm not better, you know, grandma, you know, can't take care of me, you know, I love you, but anyway, but, uh, you know, no, but it's about the kids, you know, uh, it's about the kids, that's what I'm trying to tell myself, I'm going to need therapy, but, but I mean, he had all these presents, I mean, he was just loaded up with all these gifts that they got, that, that he received for Christmas, and, you know, they open up the gifts, they do everything that they do, and, and we take pictures and everything. And, you know, the ones that he's like, oh, we need to take, boom, and they rip them open, and they're playing with toys, and they still got more to open. And, and then, you know, five months later, it's May, and I look in his bedroom, and, I, and I'm looking, and I see there's a stack of toys sitting in the corner that are still in their box. They're still not, you know, does anybody else have those? Or am I the only parent that has a child that, yeah, so I'm the only bad parent that doesn't have his kid play with all of his toys. Get off Netflix, Carter. All right, stop watching Transformers. Um, but, but we need to, but I mean, you know, he's got unopened gifts that are sitting in the pile. I mean, they, they've, they've been unwrapped. He sees what they are, but he hasn't played with them yet. He hasn't taken them out of the box. He hasn't used them. He knows what they are, but he hasn't went out and he hasn't used those gifts. 
Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, of the Seinfeld episode. Any Seinfeld fans out there? Uh, there was a Seinfeld episode where Jerry was dating this girl, and she had a toy collection, and she had a shelf, and it was all these toys, and she had the original G.I. Joe and all this stuff, and Jerry was, like, talking to George, and he's like, how do I drug this girl so that, you know, she can be passed out so we can play with her toys? You can come over, we can play with all these toys, and they're unopened, they're in the boxes, and you're not supposed to open because they're worth all these money. And I'm thinking to so myself, maybe Carter has it in his mind that these are going to be worth something someday. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think that's the case, but I mean, but, but he isn't thinking about the money that they're going to be worth in 50 years. In Carter's case, we just have too many toys, you know? We have a basement full of toys. Um, and, and it's awesome that, 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 our, that our children are blessed with that. But the Bible says, and, and you'll understand where I'm going here, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, and this is our verse for the day, uh, the, the, the sermon today is just called Unopened Gifts, and it's just talking about how, how we as Christ followers have gifts that have been placed in our life. And it says in 1 Peter 4.10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You see, we as Christ followers have received gifts from God. We have received things from God. And as Christ followers, it is our duty to, to be stewards of that, to be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms and use the gifts and the abilities and the things that God has placed in our lives for his kingdom and his glory. So whenever we talk about being stewards of God's kingdom, whenever we talk about being, uh, being faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, there's four principles that I want to talk about today. And, and we'll just see how long this goes. But our first principle is ownership. It's ownership. C.S. Lewis says, Every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving, your limbs from moment to moment is given you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. Everything we have, every ability, every characteristic, everything that God has placed in our life, it's his. He owns it. Every, the, the favor that you carry is God's favor that he's put inside of you. The abilities that he's given you is God's abilities that he's put inside you. The influence that you carry is God's influence that he's put in you. He owns it and he's given it to you. How many of you guys have a truck? Does anybody have trucks? Anybody? Is there any truck drivers here? Maybe a couple? Now, I know as truck drivers, I, let me tell you a little secret that you may not know this whenever you bought your truck, but... You go to the car dealership and you, 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 know, you, you see the truck you want, the big extended cab, you know, everything with all the big wheels, big tires, and you say, that's my truck. And you, and you, you go up to the, the, the salesman office and, he, and you, you're, you're doing all the signings and everything and you're you know, signing that you're going to commit to this loan for five years of your life or three years of your life or whatever. And you're going through it and, you're, and at the very bottom you have the last signature that you have to sign. And I don't know if you saw this in your last signature. It's in very, very fine print, very small, right at the bottom of the last signature. It says that you own a truck now, and you are going to be asked to help people move, to, uh, to um, 
you know, you're going to always be called and you're, you have to be a good steward of this truck that you've been given and people are always going to ask you to help them move and to help them go get stuff at Home Depot and go to get something at Lowe's and you're the one now that people are going to call because you have a truck and they're going to give you a free Little Caesars pizza for helping them out for an entire day to helping them move for, for lunch. And that's, that's like, it's a, it's a small contract at the bottom of your truck. But the thing is, guys, is it's, it's my truck. You know, you bought a truck. It's your truck, right? You own the truck. You don't have to say yes to that. If somebody asks you to move, you can say no. If somebody asks you to, do, you know, you, you, it's your truck, right? You bought the truck for you. You bought the truck so you could go four by four not on a Saturday, not help somebody move. Or, or you, you know, it's, it's your truck. It's, it's, you can use it how you want to use it. You own it. You own it. You see, if you own something, you have the right to use it how you want to. If you own something, you have the right to do what you want with it. I know this is deep stuff. This is deep stuff. You can do whatever you want with it. It's yours. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You see, we are the body of Christ. And the Bible says here that God has placed the parts in the body. You see, we are Faith Chapel. We are, we are a church here in O'Fallon that is, that is reaching out to this, this region with the kingdom of God and doing what we can. With, and we have many different people in this place. We have people that have different characteristics, different abilities, different things that, they, that, you, that God has placed in your life. And, and you know that the person that is the exact opposite of you is married to you probably. And that's just the way God works, but, but we all have different things that are, that are in our life, and, and we all have different abilities and different things that God has placed in here for us to go out into this world and reach, the king, and, and, and reach this dying world with the kingdom of God, to reach a lost world that needs the presence of God, that needs transformation, that needs changing with the gifts that we've been given. God has placed those in us, and He owns them See, God is a pretty awesome entrepreneur. He owns a lot of things. He owns us as Christ followers. He purchased us with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, because he loves us so much. That, that he loves us so much that he, wanted, he made us in his image. He created us in his image for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, to use the things in our life for him and for him alone. He created us in his image. He purchased us with his son, Jesus and when he created us, he placed things in our lives, abilities, gifts for his purpose and his glory. And we are all different. We all have different personalities, different abilities, different gifts, and different callings. Which leads to me to my next point. My next principle is responsibility. Responsibility. You see, as responsible stewards of God's grace in its various forms, as, as people that, are, that have been given gifts and abilities and different things in our life, we have the responsibility to use them in the right way, to take care of them, to, to you know, if you borrow somebody's truck, 
to take care of it. You don't want to bring it back with a dent. Or, or maybe if you're, if you're moving this weekend and you needed to borrow somebody's, you know, maybe if, let's, let's, you know, I mean, I know Josiah and Michael were moving this afternoon to their new, uh, to their new little place that they're staying, and they needed some help moving. So they, they contacted Pastor Brad and Pastor Beth and, and said, hey, can we borrow the church van? And we're like, well, yeah, I mean, you can borrow the church fan. It's, it's out there. It's great. It's, you know, we can use it. It's, it's a nice church fan. It's, it's been passed down for years. It was St. Charles First Assembly's van before we got it, and we got it in like 1998. So, I mean, you're looking at an eight-year-old van whenever we got it back in 1998. What year is it now? 2016. I mean, it's a great van, you know, and it's been well taken care of, well maintained, changed oil, changed radiator fluid, everything. And we, as we we own this van, it's Faith Chapel's van. We're going to let you borrow it. So, as a as a as a responsible person in the kingdom of God, borrowing the church's van to to move, you want to make sure that you take care of it, right? You want to make sure that it's in good condition when you return it to the church. You want to make sure that nothing bad happens to it whenever you pull in to Forestell and you have it loaded down and you're coming into For- Wait a second. Let's just check it out. What's going on? <laughs> Whoa. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's dead. The van is dead. It died. Oh my gosh. Look at all the smoke. Look at everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing. That's not being a good responsible. Oh my gosh, look at it. It's coming out the hood. I know that radiator fluid was green whenever we gave it to you. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just black underneath or anything like that. But, but you see, whenever you borrow something, you have the responsibility to take care of it. And Josiah was thinking to himself, you know what? got this van, we're going to take care of it, and we're going to have a, a, a car so we can do a car bash later for Speed the Light, you know, so we're going to, so it was trying to help me out, I appreciate it, I thank you for your thing, that's great, but, but you see, we have a responsibility, you borrow something, you borrow somebody's truck, you borrow somebody to do something, you have the responsibility of taking care of it because you can't give it back to them with, you know, something, something bad that happens to it, okay, so like, let's look at, let's go to Matthew 25, It says in verses 14 through 18, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, a master traveling to a far country, who called all of his servants in and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. So this this master comes together, and he's about ready to leave, and he leaves, and he gives all of the abilities, all of the the, the things that he owns, all these different things to his servants, and he says, I'm leaving. Here you go. Here's all this stuff. I want you to take care of it. And what happens? He who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. You see, although God gives us all things richly, nothing is ours. The, the, the talents that he gave these servants, they're not, they're not theirs, theirs, they're God's, they're their master's talents. Nothing is ours. Nothing really belongs to us. God owns everything. We're responsible for how we treat it. 
and what we do with it while we complain about our rights, while we, while we sit here, we talk about our rights here on earth. The Bible constantly asks us, what about our responsibility? You see, owners have rights. If you own something, you have the right to do what you want with it. You have the right to let somebody borrow that or not borrow that or, or whatever you want. It's yours. You own it. But stewards have responsibilities. Owners have rights and stewards have responsibilities. You see, we are stewards of God's grace in its various forms that, that we've been placed, things that have been placed in our lives, abilities, talents, gifts, all these different things have been placed in our lives. And we have, what is our responsibility with these things that aren't even ours? How are we going to use the things that God has placed in our life? Which leads me to my next principle, which is accountability. Accountability. You see, we, we have been given something by our master. We, have been, we now are responsible for what we do with it and whatever we do with it, we are now accountable for it. So Josiah, praise the Lord, is going to purchase a new church van for the church. Thank you, Josiah. We appreciate it. Yeah, because no, wait, isn't that... <laughs> It was in perfect condition when we gave it to you. What are we talking about? <laughs> because you now are accountable for what you've done, right? No, we're not going to do that to Josiah. We understand it was old, okay? It was old. It's not, all right, and if it blessed you, it's not garbage. It was the Lord gave it to us, and we are, you know, we, geez, no. But, but now, as, as Christ followers, now we are held accountable for how what we, what we do with these things, how we use the gifts and the things that we've been placed in our lives. It reminds me of a movie that, uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's, uh, it's on my top five, I want to say top five movie list. It's, uh, I think it was made back, oh, I want to say 1985 maybe, just, just spitballing here, I want to say it was 1985. It's called Back to the Future. Um, and in Back to the Future, if you know this movie, there's a scene at the very beginning where M Marty McFly's dad let, uh, had, had a car, and he let Biff borrow his car. And Marty wanted to use the car to go to the lake, right? He wanted to go to the lake. I mean, you guys know this movie. Am I the only one that knows Back to the Future? Marty wanted to go to the lake. He wanted to, he wanted to use his dad's car to go to the lake with his girlfriend and drink waters and hang out, I'm sure you know, <laughs> and suntan, I don't know, but, uh, but I mean, Marty wanted to, to go to the lake with his dad's car, and that was his plan, and, and it was his dad's car, but Marty's dad let somebody borrow the car, he let Biff borrow the car, and Biff got in an accident, and Biff comes back to the house with the, the car, the tow truck, you know, pulled up to the house, and and uh, he's, he's just laying into Marty McFly, uh, Marty McFly's dad, uh, and, and he's just like, man, you know, whose, whose insurance is going to, you know, and Marty's dad asked Biff, whose insurance is going to pay for this? And he's like, well, your insurance, should go, well, I'm assuming your insurance will pay for this, right? My insurance will pay for this. Your insurance, and this is Biff. He's like, your insurance would pay for it. You should have told me that car had a blind spot before you, before you, you know, ran into that tree. And, and I spilled beer all over me when I hit that thing. You know? I mean, like, it's just crazy that, that, that now Biff, who, 
was the one who got in the accident that borrowed somebody else's car. Now he isn't trying to pawn off the accountability of what he did on somebody else. You see, we are all held accountable for how we use the resources we have been given. We've all been given abilities and gifts and all these different things in our life. And now we, as Christ followers, are accountable for how we use them. It says in Romans 14, verse 12, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We'll go back to our, our last verse whenever we talked about Matthew 25 in our, in our next verse, going back to that story. After a long time, the Lord of those servants, see, the, the master left, and after a long time, the master comes back, and this is referring, honestly, to, to the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the master returning, and the master returns. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came, and he settled accounts with them. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, I knew you were a hard man. I knew you were a hard man. I knew that, that you reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. I was afraid because I knew you were a hard man. I wanted to take care of this one talent that you did give to me. And I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, here it is. There you have what is yours. And it goes on. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, this doesn't sound good. I mean, he just put his talent and he just hid it in the ground. And the master came back and said, you wicked and lazy servant. I mean, he just, just reamed him, just went to town on him. Man, you're going to be cast into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, I was given this. You need to do something with it. I gave you this talent. I wanted you to do something with it. You did nothing with it. And I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it away from you. This does not sound good. This does not sound pleasant. This is not something that I would want to face. Whenever God has given me something, man, I want to use it. I want to go out and do, I want to use what God has given me in my life. You know, I'm a youth pastor. I believe God has placed something in my life to, to communicate to a generation of, of young people that God has placed the spirit of God in them, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that lives in them, that they, they, they are going to go out and they're going to transform a region. They're going to transform schools, that they're going to transform families, and they're going to bring revival to our region and change and transformation to our country. And I believe that's the message that he's placed in my life. And I want to do everything I can to communicate that to them. It's something that God has given me. He's given me influence with teenagers and all those different things. And I don't, want to, I don't want God to come back and say, you wicked and lazy servant. You didn't, you didn't preach to them. You didn't tell them the truth. You didn't challenge them. You didn't push them. I'm taking that away. I'm taking that away. I don't want you to have that anymore. I don't want you to have that ability anymore. I'm going to give it to somebody who's going to do something with it. I don't want God to, to do that to me. I want more. I want more. I want more talents. I want more. I want, I want more. I want to win. I'm a, I'm a winner. I play to win. And that's my, that's my next point. And the last principle of the day is reward. You see, I play to win. 
And, and I didn't know if you guys knew this or not, but uh, I, I'm a volunteer coach uh, for my son's baseball team. And, and it's awesome uh, to, to be able to pour in the seven-year-old's just the principles of baseball and play catch for an hour because none of them can catch the ball or throw the ball and just play catch for an hour and tell, okay, point your target, step and throw, you know, point, watch the ball into your glove, watch the ball. And I said the same things 20 million times, watch the ball into your glove. Okay, test the ice, squash the bug, you gotta use your hips, use your hips, test the ice, squash. And we're, I'm teaching all these principles. I'm like, come on, you guys can do it, you can do it, you know. And, and I, I love it, but I tell them, I'll bring them in the huddle. And my son knows this, and maybe a few of the others of them know this, and I, it's, I set him up every time. I said, guys, you like having fun? Yeah, we like having fun, Coach Tony. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, is losing fun? No, losing is not fun. I'm like, is winning fun? Yeah, winning's fun. I'm like, okay, well, how do you have fun playing baseball? Win. I'm like, yeah, win. That's right. We play to win. You want to have fun? You play to win, right? And these seven-year-olds are scared of me, man. They're like, oh man, I'm, I'm getting, I'm squeezing everything I can out of them. I tell them, I'm like, give me one hour of your life. Right now, one hour of your life. I want everything you got. I want everything you got. Stop lollygagging. I need you to focus, all right? And we need to do this. We need to win. I play to win. You want that trophy? I'm not giving you a trophy unless we win. Despite what the world tells you, not everybody gets a trophy. You have to work at it. You have to, to work hard with what you've been given. You have to go out there and do the things that God has placed in your life in order to get that reward. It says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You see, we've been given these abilities that are God's abilities. He owns them. They're us. He's entrusted them to us. He's given them to us. And now it's our responsibility in this world, in this life right now, to use the things that God has placed in our life for his kingdom and his glory and be responsible stewards of it. Because one day we're going to be held accountable for what, what, how we use it in our lives. We're going to be held accountable for, for when God comes back and says, man, what did you do with this? What did you do with this? I want, and, and then if we're faithful to it, if we're faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, there's a reward. There's an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, and it is Jesus Christ. You see, my last illustration for today is I went on a missions trip a few years ago. I went down to uh, Nicaragua, and I uh, had the ability of going, I don't even know how many years ago it was. It was a few years ago, we'll just say. Um, all the years mold together. Now they just roll together. I know you guys know what I'm talking about, right? My son's seven now. I thought he was still four. I want to freeze him at four. You know what I'm saying? Four is a good age to freeze him at. They Less attitude. They know what they're talking about. It's a good time, right? So I can't wait till Reese gets four. <laughs> Bless her. God. Okay, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I've been, you know, years have been going by, years have been going by, and, and, I, and I don't even remember, it was a few years ago, I went to Nicaragua on a missions trip, and I was able, we went to uh, King's Castle in Nicaragua, and it's a missionary um, 
movement in, uh, and they have many different places in Central uh, America, South America, and the Caribbean. I think they have one in uh, uh, King's Castle in El Salvador, in Dominican Republic, and in Nicaragua, and they might have a couple others around there. But King's Castle is a missionary movement where we went down there and we, we got in these buses, and in these big yellow school buses, and we would learn all these dances and skits and dramas just like our students did today. And we would learn all these things like in the, after, in the morning, we would learn all these different things that we'd have to do. And then we'd get on this bus and we'd go down and say, hey, we're going to do this song, we're going to do this song, we're going to do this skit, we're going to do this and that. And I'm like, okay, break. We, we pray, we get out of the bus. And there's just hundreds of kids that are in these streets that are in, you know, in Nicaragua, Mexico, and all these, and the, all these kids just flood to this white, this, this yellow school bus. They're like, gringos are here, you know? They're like, they got candy, you know? So they all come, we play soccer, we hang out, they, you know, we, we, you know, we have some fellowship with them, and then after a while, we 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 stop. We bring them together. We say, "Hey, we're going to start a you know thing," and we and we do some dances. We do some songs. We do some dramas, and we do some skits. And people and these children, these these young children, are giving their life to Jesus. And we ask them if they want prayer. And and these kids come forward. And man, some of these things that these these young children are going through, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, it just hits you. And and, and we're we're praying for these young children. And then the adults are sitting around. Uh, of the streets and they're saying, hey, well, I need prayer too. Can I have prayer? So we'll go over there and, and we pray and it's just an amazing time where God touches all these people. It was an amazing missions trip. But there was this lady <clears throat> that was with us during the entire missions trip and she was on our bus with us and she worked with uh, King's Castle and she would take us everywhere and she would tell us, you know, where to go and the, and the houses to go to and different things like that. And, and I mean, she was really just with us the whole time just saying, do this, do this. And and when you're on a mission trip, and this is good advice for just for you in general, when you're when you're talking to somebody, it's awesome just to say, "Hey, what's your story? How did you get here? How did you get to to this point?" And so I asked this lady, I said, "What's what's your story? You know, we're we're riding the bus and and we're we're going. What's your story?" And so all the people you know that are in our group kind of talk to her, you know, and she's she shares her story. She says, "Well, about 25 years ago, I was a little girl." in one of these, these towns. And there was a yellow school bus that pulled up. And all these, these people got out of the school bus and, they, and they, they, you know, sang songs and they did dances and they did skits and they, they asked us if we wanted to accept Jesus into our lives. And, and they, they said, you know, if they, we needed prayer and they gave us prayer. And, and I gave my life to Jesus 25 years ago as a little girl when, when a yellow school bus full of Americans came in and gave us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, everybody's sitting around and we're all just crying, sobbing, you know how it is. And, and we're just like, man, that's awesome that this lady was changed and transformed because people used the things in their life, the gifts and the abilities in their life, and this lady was transformed, and now she's doing the same thing that they were doing. She is, she's doing amazing things for the kingdom of God right now. And it made me think of myself, what would have happened if Donna Terry Triplett, the founders of King's Castle, said no to, to, to using the gifts and the abilities that God's placed in their life, the leadership, the organization, the evangelist heart, the, the, the discipleship mentality. What if they would have said no to 
planning King's Castle and, and planning the different King's Castle organizations that are all over Central America? What if they would have said no to that, to using the gifts that God has placed in their life? What if hundreds of young teenagers, native teenagers in the Central America area said no to coming in and serving and giving years of their life over to King's Castle through Master's Commission, which is another um, process that we use for discipleship where people come in to, and, and serve for years. And what if they would have said no to serving and using the gifts that God's placed in their life so that they could train us and, and, and teach us all these different dances and skits and all these different things and go out onto these streets and do these different things? What if Young students, just like the ones that were up here this morning that, that, that did all these dramas and, and, and did all these human videos and had all these abilities and gifts. What if young students said no to creating all of these dances and creating all the skits and the dramas that, that, people, that all these people use to go out through all these, these cities and streets? What if they would have said no to using their gifts and the abilities to do those things? What if pastors... And, and leaders of our churches said no to planning churches that, that, are, that are receiving finances to give to Speed the Light or to give to, to missionary movements to, to finance King's Castle. And what if students said no whenever they, whenever they have the creative thoughts in their minds of how we can raise money for Speed the Light and how we can purchase sound equipment and, and purchase yellow buses and, and so that we can, so we can fund this ministry. What if people in this world said no to using the gifts and the abilities and the talents that God has placed in their life? This young lady would never have been reached for the gospel that hundreds if not thousands of people throughout Central America would not have been reached you see, the same thing holds true to us. We all have had, we all have things that God has placed in us. Some of you guys have influence that God has placed in you. Some of you guys have favor that God has placed in you. Some of you have callings of, of pastoral leadership or, or, uh, or, or worship, um, uh, lead, you know, worship uh, instrumental, instrumental use. I mean, you guys all have gifts and abilities and talents that God has placed in your life. And it's up to us on how we're going to use that. It's up to us to, to say yes to the Lord. We all have gifts in our lives that were placed there by God. So my question to you today is simple. And you guys can stand and close your eyes. My question to you today is simple. What are you doing with the gifts that God has placed in your life? What are you doing with the abilities and, the, and the, 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 the callings that God has placed in your life? Are you opening the gifts that God has placed in your life? Are you, you see what they are. Maybe you did open the gift. Maybe you see what the gift is. Now, are you using the gift or is it just sitting on the shelf? You know what the gift is and maybe you're not using it. Are, you know, what are you doing with the gifts that God has placed in your life? Are you actually using them? And to continue on this path, are you using them for the glory of God? Are you using them to advance the kingdom of God in this generation and in this world and in your region and in your home and in your workplace? Are you using the gifts that God has placed in your life? And God wants to say to you today that you need to say yes 
to what God has for you in your life, that you need to say yes to using the gifts and the callings that God has placed in your life. And all across this room, if you have gifts and abilities that God has placed in your life, just lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. And let's just say, God, we want to be used by you, God. We want to use our gifts for your kingdom and your glory. We want you to, to, to be poured out through us, Father. God, we want to use our gifts to reach a generation. We want to use our gifts to reach our workplace. We want to use our gifts to reach out everywhere we have the ability to God, we want to use our gifts for you. There are pastors in this place right now that God is calling you. There are worship leaders in this place today that God is calling you. There's missionaries in this place that God is calling you. There are people in this place that have gifts of healing that God is saying, go and heal the sick. Go and cast out evil spirits. Go cleanse the leper and raise the dead. He's saying, I've given you an ability for miraculous signs and wonders, and I want you to walk in it. Stop being, stop being, uh, stop letting fear manipulate how I want to use you in your life. He wants you to be bold. He wants, he wants you to use the gifts and the callings that he's placed in your life for his kingdom and his purpose. Heavenly Father, we're yours today. We are yours. We are yours. Everything we have, every ability, everything that is in our life is yours, God. And we want to use it for your kingdom and your glory. And we want more. We want more. Just as you gave those that were faithful with a little more, we ask for more in this place. We ask for more abilities. We ask for more missionaries. We ask for more pastors. We ask for more workplace influencers. We ask for more teachers filled with the glory of God. We ask for more people that carry the healing power of Jesus Christ. We ask for more deliverance ministry people in this place today, God. We simply ask for more because we are going to use the gifts that you've placed in our life for your kingdom and your glory. And all people God said, amen, amen.